The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. Do you hear that, Ern? The Leaky Cauldron. Just go! You're wasting time! Welcome to Pottercast, your number one source for news, theories, discussion and interviews with people from the Potter books and films. I know a small amount myself having written the books. My name is Jakey Running. I am now happy to introduce your hosts, Melissa, John and Frank. <laughs> what up? What up? Welcome to Pottercast number 215. I'm Melissa. Once again, I'm here with John and Frack, and we are from the Leaky Cauldron, the very best Harry Potter website on the web Zernets. And you're in for another week of Harry Potter fun discussion, news, theories, and all that stuff. So, John, what's happening in the show this week? Oh, we got a good show. Uh, a familiar show of sorts, was we have your two favorite segments, uh, a bit by bit, continuing on with Deathly Hollows, a little bit in time. And a little bit of Half-Blood Bitties, where we continue... Drop by drop. Drop by drop, with a little bit of the Half-Blood Prince film uh, picking up after the kids got off the train. And uh, and then we're going to wrap it up with your favorite nonsense from uh, uh, your Pottercasters. Excellent. P-P-Potter. Okay, guys, we have five big news articles this week, and our fifth, you know, over the years, her, Joe has been everything. She's been a dinosaur, and a dinosaur? A, well, they, they named a, a dinosaur oh, after right, yeah. Draco. They made her into a star. I mean, there's nothing that Joe's not named after, and now she gets to add a very her very own Barbie to the list. Excellent. That's J.K. Cool. Rowling is going to be a one-of-a-kind special edition Barbie doll. Is it like a life-size Barbie or just like a child-size Barbie? No, it's a regular Barbie. The other people that they're making into Barbies are include uh, Oprah Winfrey and German Prime Minister Angela Merkel. US, two, 2009 U.S. Open winner Kim Kligsters. Really messed that pronunciation right there. Swedish Crown Princess Victoria as well. That's um, cool. Yeah. A real princess. Well, you know, they're making Barbie dolls out of pe- women who are, are role models. Now, I just hope that they could make them... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, anatomically correct? No. Anatomically, not anatomically. <laughs> anatomically <laughs> realistic? Realistic proportions. So that a child doesn't look at a Barbie and think that that's what you're supposed to like. No, it's true or false. You cannot actually buy these in stores, right? You, you cannot. can actually buy VK Rolling Doll in stores. I don't believe so. No, it's just like little whatnots. Do you think maybe they'll get one and they can put it like up on eBay or something? I'm sure they'll be available at some in some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it a one of a kind, or is it there a little bit? There's some of them. They're not it's for sale. Gonna be, it's going to be showcased at the world's largest toy fair in, in Nuremberg. Nuremberg, interesting. Ooh. Nuremberg, Germany. Um, she'll be wearing a black wool suit and a hot pink top combination. But no, they will not go on general sale. So there's probably just one each then. Yeah, or maybe they'll make like a special edition. They'll probably give one to her and hand, but they're, they're not going to be like. Make your kid can no play with that. Jessica will be like, Barbie. No. 
my mom's writing a book. Oprah's <laughs> giving stuff away. I would want to like to dress her up. Is this a like Jessica a impression? Was that just like a Jessica impression? <laughs> I think it was. Oh, I didn't realize. Yeah, I'm sure uh, she, I love that. Yeah. I'm, well, because yeah. she's probably watching. Sorry, Jessica. She usually watches. I want to get like a little firefighter's outfit for the little Joe Barbie, like dress her up to go fight fires and stuff. Like a, a ballerina. Does Oprah come with a lot of extra accessories that she can give away to the other Barbies? Uh, <laughs> yeah, she comes You're with cars for all the other Barbies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you get a hairbrush. You get a hairbrush. You get a Barbie car. You get, you a, get a ring car. that pierces your hand. All right, all right. Fourth on our list this week. Emma Watson has has uh, given us some a bit of news about her university life and what it's been like to film uh, the epilogue. She says that ultimately wrapping filming will be an uncontrollable experience. She said it's been half our lives. It's made us. It's informed us. It's formed us. It's such a big part of my life, so it'd be really sad. She also knows that they will look like 40-year-olds during That's the epilogue. That's cool. Ooh, now how are they going to do that? Makeups or special effects or both? I think makeup and CG. Hopefully heavier on the makeup. Yeah. You know, they've been doing that with actors forever. This is not like groundbreaking technology. with Benjamin Button. Yeah. Well, like to an extreme. You're talking about making 20 year olds look like 40 year olds. It's not that no, hard. Yeah, I mean, there it's is. doubling their age? There, I mean, it, it's becoming more common What's... lately to be able to use an actor's original performance, you know, capturing all of it and, and their face and putting it on a whole them to be digital something digital. else. No. You, do you, you think they're going to do it that way? I hope not. Well, Emma also talks about her experience at university. She says, I probably sound like a paranoid nut, but I'm doing this because I want to be normal. I really want anonymity. So that Dan- she says again that Daniel Radcliffe was against her doing this whole thing, but she said that she wanted to <laughs> move in in a, in, a, in a normal and have a normal experience. And she's been living with a girl named Sophie. She says, I want to do it properly like everyone else. As long as I don't walk in and see Harry Potter posters everywhere, I'll be fine. Which is, that's actually a quote from the summer. So that's not yeah. It's totally. Like says, Whose choice was it? Someone, but this is, the, this is the fun quote. For someone who has missed as much school as I have, I want to go back and discover what else there is. I've always loved school. I was a proper, proper nerd. I just want that back again. She can't be a nerd again. Yes, she can. She's Emma Watson. Nerds are cool. Is she a nerd fighter, do you think? She could be a nerd oh. fighter. And if she doesn't know, even if she doesn't know she is. Oh, see, I don't like that. I think you need to be aware of it to be a, a nerd fighter. What? What? People say, like, oh, so-and-so's a nerd fighter, and they're going to be like, what the hell are you talking about? So then people, people can't who are be a nerd. It's, it's, it's who you are. It's mm-hmm. not, yeah. It's, it's like it's like if someone didn't know that they were, like, be a nerd, but, like... I like, like we both just said what Italian. What you fight? It's funny. I look Italian-ish. But I'm Portuguese. Portuguese. Third on the list this week. Um, Harry Potter Deathly, Deathly Hallows Part 1 will absolutely 100% be in 3D. Yay! I don't know if I'm yaying this yet. The entire movie, though? It looks like That's what it said. Mm. I mean, I but they're say, converting like... it to 3D. Why not just shoot it in 3D? They didn't. They, did they already most filmed it. most of it. I know, so then just leave it alone. But yeah, they want I to mean, be able to say, we're in 3D, too. It just... It just it's just, I mean, I don't know. I wa- like I watched Avatar in 3D and it was fun and everything, but it always gives me a little bit of a headache. I got over I my headache in the first five minutes, though. I'm just, just always wearing those funky time. glasses. Those what? Those funky glasses you have to wear. Oh. <laughs> I was like, whoa, you don't like those glasses. <laughs> funky, you, guys. You Get funky. your minds. I've got like a... All right. Um, yes, the movie will be in 3D. Uh, Fellman, who is... 
the, uh, the president of domestic distribution of Warner Brothers, Dan Feldman. He says, we're confident in the constantly evolving 3D technology. The results for Clash of the Titans will also be presented on screen, etc., etc. So the Revenge world is moving the toward 3D. <laughs> Kitty, Kitty Galore. That that's hilarious. It's uh, a pod, that's a Bond reference. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, I get it. <laughs> I thought it was all about cats. It is, but it's a Bond reference. Oh, um, all right, guys. Number two. Okay. Unless you have more to say on the three D well, I mean, thing, I want to know if the the Titan one, like if that stuff, was that film shot in three D or just converted to three D? I thought it, it was look, shot. It looks like it was shot. Yeah, so it's totally different. Keep going. Avatar 2. It's a different thing. Yeah. Avatar. But I'm glad they didn't shoot it. I don't want them considering what it's going to look like in 3D while they're shooting the film. Just make a good film. I, you know? Don't say, let's shoot it this way so that it looks cooler in 3D. Just make a, just make a good movie. Mm, it's an interesting point. Well, some like so it depends on if they're going for all the like the oh, shots. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That's just stupid. But you can. It's part of the cinematography if you're engaging the z-axis. That's just part of like the storytelling, which I don't mind. I had one guy. I, I went to. Um, well, the depth. The depth. Sorry. Um, Thank you. Uh, <laughs> for us non-video nerds. <laughs> sorry, um, but I went to like a screening of Up with my friend Shane, and the director was there, and he was talking about how in the 3D. When they did that one in 3D, um, they treated they treated the the screen as a window that you were looking through, so nothing really nothing came out the window, and so it was just depth they were going for. Nothing like uh, so that's kind of cool. All right. All right. Well, number two on the list this week, Tom Felton has been cast in a new role. Uh oh. Yeah, he's going to be in a new film called The Apparition. He'll be portraying. Yeah, I don't know much we don't have that much information about it other than he will be portraying the character of patrick in the upcoming joel silver andrew ronan and alex heineman produced film shooting will take place in germany for the next few weeks and then move to los angeles and this makes a lot of sense because if you've been following his twitter he's been talking a lot about being in los angeles yeah um the film Which is, is totally yeah. yeah totally Inspired by true events and centers on a young couple haunted by a supernatural presence that's unleashed during a college experiment that part is interesting What kind of supernatural presence gets unleashed by experimenting in college? Is that Um, like a science experiment? I'm I'm serious here. Like what? It's probably something like Ouija boardish. You know, they just it's going to be a scary movie. Yeah, is is it sci-fi or is it scary? It's going to be a sci-fi scary. Sci-fi like okay, yeah, like a scary sci-fi like um, aliens. Do you think he'll be the bad guy or do you think he'll be the protagonist? I think he'll have an apparition. I I think he'll probably be the bad guy. You think he's going to be typecast as a bad kid from now on? This will probably be like a bridge. Like he won't be a nice guy, but he won't won't be like a total villain either. You know? Like, Is I he the probably... lead? I don't know. You think I'll have bleach know. blonde hair? I hope not. People will recognize him. They said that that really that really doing it for that long really burns your scalp. Like Skype from yeah, uh, Skype, cool Spike from Buffy the Vampire Slayer used to pe- have to put. Sweet and low packets in the mix to save his scalp from getting completely burned. Sweet and low. Why would sweet and yeah, low help? For some reason, that would that would that would lessen it. Poor guy. I'm probably just oh, that makes my head. head hurt. Just ugh, thinking about it. I've never dyed my hair, so I don't know about such things. Okay. I dyed mine. You dye your hair, Frankie? I have not. 
All right, what's the last one on the whole? Uh, well, top our five biggest here? news of the week is um, it's enormous news for the fandom. Enormous news for all Harry Potter fans. Oh. Harry Potter fans have combined with fans all over the world to raise more than one hundred and twenty-two thousand dollars for helping Haiti heal our giant auction raffle charity weekly Us. thing that went on a couple weeks ago. Um, we have a lot of details for you coming out about that. But one of the biggest things is that the Harry Potter world, as a result of directly of this effort, heard from J.K. Rowling for the first time in quite a long time. She sent uh, through Leaky a note to to post um, and tell everybody thank you because the three planes that we have raised money for – that will they're the they're DC six planes and if you Google those you'll see they're enormous. Three of these three planes will be sent down to Haiti full of essential supplies, and they're going to be named Harry, Ron, and Hermione. That's too. so cool. That's so yeah. awesome. It's so nerdy fun. I love it's, it. It's I hope, great. Uh, I hope Ron's plane rec- remembers to bring like supplies with it, and like Hermione's is like all like completely like prepared and like. Up with the books and everything. And Harry's will kind of land a little too Harry's soon, like but a... then it'll work out. <laughs> yeah. Thank God we didn't get to that fourth plane because that was supposed to be named Voldemort, and Lord knows what he would have sent over there. That's a bunch terrible. of expired food. That's, <laughs> That's horrible. That's terrible. No, but um, it's it's really it's really been inspiring what has what has gone on here. And J.K. Rowling, who donated a full signed set of books, which actually are in an undisclosed what location. What's going to do with them? Uh-huh. She's not giving them to Haiti, John. She's oh, giving I mean... them to one of the winners of our thing. Anyway, J.K. Rowling sent a note to everybody who's been taking part in donating and said, To everyone who has helped raise such an incredible amount for the earthquake survivors in Haiti, thank you, thank you, thank you. Like many others, I made a personal donation to the DEC shortly after the earthquake happened, but never did I expect such an amazing response from all of you. You cannot imagine how awed, moved, and humbled I am to know that planes named Harry, Ron, and Hermione are going to be flying off to help. I did not need this to remind me of how extraordinary Harry's fans are, but you keep giving me proofs. Thank you. From Joe. Aww. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. It's He's really nice. Cute. Well, we haven't heard from her in so her. long. We haven't heard from her in so long. It was nice to. No. He's like, I, I stopped writing my mystery novel for a few minutes to write you this note. Like, what? Oh, mystery novel, John? Yes, it's going to be like like a who duns it kind of thing, like like uh, um, like book three, like Clue gonna be interesting and people come over for like a dinner party and then like if we were in clue let's sort all the characters from oh, clue i don't even i don't even know okay, what Colonel mustard <laughs> <laughs> i just wanted to see people call all right well that is 120 close to one hundred twenty-three thousand dollars that we've raised i actually think we're closer to 124 right now keep an eye on twitter.com slash tweet aha that's twitter.com slash tweet Aha, and that will update you on when we are choosing the winners. We still have some paperwork to do. When we are choosing the winners, when the planes go, there'll be pictures of the planes. You know, we'll have yes. all that information. So oh, just keep can an we eye draw there. On the plane, you can. <laughs> We're gonna find the airplane. How are you gonna go to the from? airplane and draw on it? I want to. That'd be worth the flight. I know. I know. I'll draw like Hermione freckles and hair, and then red hair, and then a glasses and scars on the other. Oh. Uh, Someone should make like giant brooms to be attached underneath this to planes. tape to the bottom of them. Yeah, so it looks like they're flying over there, like a Nimbus two thousand. Yes, I'm, I'm sure the broom will be large enough to make it look like the plane <laughs> is flying there. <laughs> These things are huge. Have you ever seen Paper a DC? They're absolutely enormous. Really? Yeah, they're enormous. Are they're they like they're... the size of, like that big Russian guy has in two thousand twelve or two thousand whatever. They go to the 
What are you talking about right now? Have you ever seen 2000? That movie no one watched? Ah, it was so scary. It was so stupid. Freaked me out. Anyway. These are, they're huge. They're these planes, they were built in like 1960 or whatever. Why can't they've gotten new planes? Because those are a lot more expensive. $35,000 to send one plane down is actually a pretty good deal. Did they hotwire it? Yes, John. All right. All right, what's up? What's happening? What else is up in the show this week, John? All right, well, next up in the show, we have uh, a little thing we like to call Bit by Bitties. Bit by bit. Day by day, reading the pages, page by page. Then we talk about what we say. All right, stop. Enough. <laughs> this happens every week. <laughs> All right, we are here and we are back with Bit by Bitties. Um, <laughs> chapter 24. No, uh, I don't want to. Can we skip this chapter? No, oh. it's a good chapter. No, I blocked it out. But it's one of the best chapters there is. It's sad, but it's it's good because it's powerful. Well, what just recently happened here, you guys? Well, they were just Dobby, at Malfoy Manor. Dobby went away to the farm. Dobby fell on Harry's Gryffindor <laughs> sword. The, we, we they sent Dobby, Dobby the to farm. the farm where he can meet oh. other friends. Or he and, can hook up with and, other elves and, and wear yeah. hats and socks all day yeah. long. Yeah. Players of clothes. Layers upon, like it's, winter, it's a land of winter. Layers are, are have yeah. to, popular. And he gets of to New just York and be January. happy because he's, you know, he wasn't so happy with everybody else. So they're gonna go send him to a place where he's happy. It would be fun him. to have one of those like shopping montages with Dobby, where you take him to go get all his clothes and he's trying everything on. He's so happy. It'd be great. But do you think Dobby just really loves clothes, or he's just the idea of being free is what made him like clothes so much? Every piece of clothing is like a reminder that he's free. So he yeah, just piles it's, it's them the on. freedom, but the, it, it embodies itself in the clothing. Mm. Like imagine if 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 you knew that you were not free because you weren't allowed to whistle. Once you were freed, weren't wouldn't you go around whistling oh, just that's, all the time? Such a good point. But now, do do house elves like have any greater sense of modesty when they're freed? Like, do they need to wear coverings or, or like we've this has always been eating, lost? John. On it's just they it wasn't modesty; to... it was shame. <laughs> like they they were wearing rags. Oh, it's what they've been told to believe. They've just what they've been learned learned. Like by their house elf parents. <laughs> the house elves have like parents by by the racial memory of their entire culture. How- that's... How do house like how how long do house elves live? What are they like? Eggs? Like I don't <laughs> think I'm, are they the mammals though, or are they kind of amphibian creatures? What? <laughs> For some reason, I imagine them as mammals that lay eggs. Now that's bizarre. They're a monotreme. There are mammals that do that. By very definition, if it lays an egg, it cannot be a mammal. There are two mammals, a platypus and a hedgehog. They're called monotremes, and those they lay eggs. Uh, that's ridiculous. It's true. It's not science, John. It's Nature, it's fact. I, I disagree with nature. Okay. Right. How long that gets you? All right, great. Three minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> We're on amphibians and mammals. And yeah, Dobby. some platypuses. Dobby and went to the farm. Platypi. Dobby. So, um, Dobby left a doppelganger of a fake house elf left behind for Harry and them to have this little funeral for. It was one of those... Um... He went into the, the, the house elf protection program. Yes. No, it was one of those uh, life-size oh. Dobbies from... Yes, uh, <laughs> they delivered a sharper image. A sharper image, life-size Dobby. <laughs> to, the, to the cottage. Get it. Oh. 
All right, all right, all right. So, so Harry, Harry decides to be a little hard A and says, you know, I'm doing this for Dobby. I'm going to dig this hole myself with my bare hands. Can we talk about this for a minute? Why, why can we talk about the significance of, of him digging this hole? Because literally, if functionally, I mean, is there no difference? He would have saved some time. Well, yeah. A little magic. What does it say that even a goblin is impressed that he would use manual labor? Well, it doesn't seem like there there were really any concern for giving a, a magical creature like Dobby a funeral in the first place. And on top of it, that he used manual labor is a bigger bigger thing. But I would imagine, like someone like a Malfoy, if the house elf died, they what? They chop off their head, put it on yeah. their shelf, and Excursion maybe fighting. like send off the body into the ether with like some kind of disappearing or transporting charm or whatever, you know, like get out of here. But Harry, you know, stops everything and, uh, and mourns him. Mourns him. Yeah. It's the process too. Like the fact that he he didn't, it wasn't just a quick fix. Like, Oh, he spent time and he meditated and he dwelled upon it. And it's like, he's, that's perfect. He mourned the death. You know, he wasn't just something to, Oh, this is an inconvenience. It, It was a legitimate friend. And I love how, I know this is not where we are right now, but later, um, Griphook says, you know, you're a very strange wizard. Like, he just seems to be so taken aback that anybody yeah, would very much less spend effort on. Well, that, I think that this was this was also a big moment for Harry, like, growing up. Like, as he talks about how he's, you know, becoming a master of this pain that he's feeling through the scar. And he's feeling all of the grief and everything from... Sirius and and Dumbledore and and all of it and he's just becoming you know more of a man I guess and more in control of all of this and it's it's interesting that um even in real life you know like a lot of times death can be a spur for that you know what I mean like it just it helps people it helps bridge that gap between like adulthood and adolescence I was just, I was listening to um, a study last week, and they were talking about how the concept of adolescence is only like a hundred years old, like before you were a child and then you were an adult. There was no in between, and you can oh. see out throughout the years how it's kind of gotten marred, and it, the definition of adolescence has changed. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's nothing. It's very abstract, and the fact that a lot of times something as jarring as death is like a little slap in the face to, to make us realize what we have, what we're doing and what we're going to do from there on out. And it was, it's cool to see that the fact that Dobby's death kind of was that spur in Harry's life. It just showed how much Dobby meant to him. You know, it wasn't just like a throwaway, like, yeah. you know, as a child, if you lose a pet, you know, it's really, it's sometimes usually that's one of the first experiences you have with the concept of death. You know, and like, and as you get older, people you know, whether it be a friend or an older relative or whatever, when that happens, it's just so, whoa, it's just, it's interesting. But you know what I mean? Like, we really haven't seen him much since Chamber of Secrets, and he was this annoying little thing that wouldn't let Harry through the whatever, and then, you know, he has a moment where, you know, messing up, messing with him, and then at the end, Harry, Harry frees him, and then he pretty much goes on his way. Um... I'm sure they'll make it sad enough where they will care. Yeah, it's just, what's great about the books is like Dobby comes in so many times, and it's almost like he's not an inconvenience to Harry, but he's part of it. He's part of being like, at Hogwarts. He's yeah, it's just like Harry friend. uses him, like you know, like oh, Trail Malfoy, oh, Trail, da, 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 or use him as a resource. He gives him the gillyweed. All so like there's so many moments in the books that 
Dobby always played this key little role that oh, can, I think I'm sorry. I'm say like it's going to be fun to see them reestablish his character in the film because I think they're going to have to. Like I think they understand that because his death won't have as much of a punch. Yeah. I think throughout this book, um, you know, Harry Ron Hermione has been swept up in the, the the fury of of running, looking for Horcruxes, planning, daring escapes. You know, it's it's all been very big and important, and it's easy to make themselves like the cent- the center of the of their lives because they they are literally the hope for the Wizarding World. But I think this was just the most important moment for Harry in the entire book because it's a grounding moment. It strips everything else away and it reminds him exactly what's at stake here, mm. what he stands to lose. And it gave him that extra impetus to have a quiet moment where he's not, you know, wrapped up in the tornado of trying to find Voldemort, but also to really think it through and focus on what's important, which is stopping Voldemort, not getting an unbeatable wand, but stopping Voldemort. And that's when this whole process starts where he thinks and he thinks maturely and he goes through the steps even as he as he speaks to to uh ron about like hermione he's not frantic he just says how's hermione and ron says better whereas in a previous book if if hermione was tortured harry would go off half cocked you know threatening everybody in his path but he just deals with it how is she okay well i've got the fate of the world to deal with so hold on so intense and gets consequence to his actions too you know what i mean like it's so easy for them to go gallivanting around and saving the world, you know, but like there's consequence for this, you know, there's consequence for standing up against someone like Voldemort. And it's just, it makes, you know, without, without consequence, there's no authority. You know what I mean? And the fact that it just shows the fact that he is the hope for the resident rule because, you know, he's playing with major stakes here. Yeah, and he's still, like accepting it. He knows he's he's like knowing he's the hope for the. He knows exactly what's at stake, but he's seeing it now in front of his eyes. The chance of him failing means this is going to happen, mm-hmm. and that's just not it's just not acceptable. So now he just needs to like, just hunker down and figure out what he needs to do, you know. And I just I just I just oh god, I love this this Harry in this chapter where he's just he's becoming a man right then. He's, he's weighing all the options. Becoming a leader, uh, I I think this is Harry's almost Harry's shining moment next to, you know, obviously the big one. Well, this is what allowed that. Right, exactly. This is like so. the start, you know. Also, here you see Harry even like rising above any other authorities, like you know, Flora and Bill are saying, "No, you can't talk to Ollivander. You can't talk to, you know, Grip Hooks. He's still healing." And Harry says, "No, no, I'm sorry." Yeah. I'm sorry, but my will is more important here, and there's a larger purpose. And he's just very calmly he goes into the kitchen. He, he he washes his hands. He thinks about Dumbledore. He just pieces it out bit by bit, and yeah. it's ha ha ha. And it's it's, uh, it's, uh, it's definitely it's so very not interesting. The Harry we know. It's so not at all the Harry we know well, from other books. The fact that Bill and Flora here makes it all the more interesting because it, it gives Harry an opportunity to like assert this this newly kind of embraced authority and someone like bill like the oldest member of, of you know those little extended family that he has with the weasleys and someone that he knows is in the order and uh yeah well i think i mean I, again i don't want to skip over like his whole hallows horcruxes thing i think that's a central you know yeah, that's true again hallows horcruxes hallows horcruxes is a central choice that he, in, in the entire series do i go after the power or do i go and and prioritize 
stopping evil. Yeah, so I guess... So we know that stopping evil gave him the power. Um, yeah, because I guess Hallows are viewed as, like, like a... I guess, I guess the power of the control mechanism. Yeah, it's more, like, yeah. personal, like... You're trying to rule life. the world. You're trying to you're trying to rule death and rule life. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you have one power. And the Horcruxes is just... It's going after power or fighting evil. What are you going right. to do? Right. And a lot of times you can be you, you can get caught up in the fact that you can be seduced by the power, saying once I have this power, then I can fight the evil. Sure. But like, no, don't complicate things. Don't need to be complicated. Handle your business. Go, you know what you started, and what you've been, you know, training right. for, what you've been doing all this time. Just keep your head, you know, head to head down. Okay. Cool. Well, we're going to pick up next time. Um, Harry uh, begins with obviously with the conversation uh, with Griphook and Griphook. Bender and all of that good stuff. So, and why goblins don't like the wand carriers? All right, we're gonna push it on to something we like to call half blood biddies. Drop by drop. Yep, <laughs> you said it this time. Normally, I, I did. <laughs> hey, it's half blood biddies, kids. Drop by drop. Drop by drop. Good times. Where are we in half blood biddies? I don't even know. We're until the very freaking beginning of the movie. They're just going to. It's taking us forever. I like this we part. To, no, we have to speed we this up. We have two Raven Claws right here. A little, a little trivia, guys. When did this movie come out? When did the Chapel of Bits Prince come out? Summer. Hi. Summer. A year ago. Not a year ago. Almost a year ago. Six months. A couple months. Like six months ago. Months. It should have came out a year ago, but then it got pushed back to July. Ago. It was July of '09. All right. All so, oh, seven months. Sorry, seven months. Not even. Yeah. June, July. Anyway, point of the story is is that we have to proceed a little bit further with our. Yeah, I think we do. So they get the There's two Raven Claws. Two Raven Claws right down there. Who's two Raven Claws? In the scene. Flitty Witty. And Luna. And Luna Looney. All right, so Harry and Luna come off the train because Luna decided to take Tonks' uh, job and rescue Harry from the train. Yep. And so they're going to get their stuff, and Snape's all with uh, Draco, and um, who's there giving them a hard time? Oh, Filch. Filch. And Snape. Filch is so psyched about it, it's hilarious. He's like, yes, I get to search things and be a jerk. Awesome. He's a good actor. Yeah. He is. What's his name? I don't know. Terry Bradshaw. Why'd you ask me if you knew? Oh, you know, it was just I know, to prove I the fact that you didn't know and I didn't. Now it's not Terry Bradshaw. Him, I, I'm having a total brain. <laughs> Terry Bradshaw is a sports announcer on ESPN. You know his name? There's no... Something I, Bradley, I, was... I think. Like, like Milton... David Bradley. David Bradley. Yes, thank Milton you. Bradley. God. <laughs> uh, so, oh. they're all trying to get in there. They're like, hey, little pigs, let us in. So... Um, no, I like I like the little the little, like, firefly... Buzz net over yeah. over Hogwarts, Showing like a bug trying to get in, just, which is helpful for the midges in Scotland. It's true, mm-hmm. that'd be gross. But then, does it keep out all bugs, or is it just showing like how evil close bugs. when you when you get to uh, <laughs> only evil bugs? That's an evil bug. It reads the I bug's think, intention. Those blood suckers, just, gross. I think it's just no entry. So if the, if the bug was in there, that bug is stuck. Right. Wait, maybe you can. Can you? Is there is there an exit? Can you leave? Could a bug fly out? And what if he's like, oh, crap, I forgot my suitcase. I died. But again, okay, so we see Filch and Snape and whatever. And again, it's Snape's uh, 
I am going to speak very slowly and enunciate very clearly. Why does he always say 390? Oh, God, Snape, you drive me nuts. Though this is a moment where Snape would talk like that. I guess. Mm. It's not a moment where he doesn't, but I'm, I'm, I'm growing weary. I am, the- I am throwing everything into all hope, all hope for Princess, Princess Dale, Dale to yeah. be like, show me a different personality. Show me you weren't always this is it stoic be person. In? And same with you, Dumbledore. You're supposed to be really ticked off at some points from Princess yeah. Dale. And He's supposed to be really... To and, and Snape is also supposed to be very... He's supposed to be distraught, end of his tether. Like, he's not yeah. this composed figure we've seen for six movies. So it had better be some, some new Snape uh, in there. We're all going to be right, mega pissed. Is Princess Dale going to be in it? Do we know? Better be. How so. could they not? Be awful, I don't know. It? I just I want they to be... They could win themselves Oscars just for that stupid chapter. They do it right. That's true. Very true. So, and it's it. just and it's built into it. Just like it's like this nice montage, but not a montage because like it's built into it just to to jump and the and change it's time. A lifetime story of epic proportions in five minutes. Yes, if that much. Yeah. No, and it's oh, they better do it right because Snape is supposed to be literally a broken man, and if he's just the guy that goes. Dumbledore. Yeah, just to see him like, like actually be promised. Yeah, like to see him all like head over heels for Lily and to see like how he breaks it, you know what I mean? Just how it just falls through his fingers. Lily better it's be like good on too. on the floor weeping in front of Dumbledore. Like that's the level of distraught we get out of Snape in that chapter. And it oh, it better uh, happen. But we're not at that bitty yet. So Sorry. Push it forward here. Luna's like, oh, your nose is broke. Let me go ahead and fix it for Reparo. you. Did. Harry's like, oh, gosh. <laughs> what uh, the hell? What do I care? But I got a weird face for the rest of my life. Yeah, sure, Luna. He's like, I'm used to having scars. I like how she's like, it's like toes. What's the difference, really? <laughs> a toes and a nose. <laughs> it rhymes. Uh, so um, fast forward here a little bit. Uh, we are in the Great Hall. And uh, Draco is being as emo teen as per usual. Emo teen sounds like, like um, oval teen. <laughs> oval teen, emo teen. Grab a goyle back there, and uh, hey, look at I'm the new Pansy Parkinson. I like what do you think one. of me? Okay. So, fine, what the hell? Um, and Hermione starts beating Ron up with the book. I love that because yeah. he's chowing down, and Ron and Harry's missing, and Hermione's just like, "Why <laughs> don't you care?" Yeah, but now of course Harry's Harry uh, Harry does return. And he sits next to his red-headed, awkward friend. <laughs> and uh, they listen to... Why is he always to... covered in blood? <laughs> Why is he always covered in blood? No Why is he always covered in blood? What? No scoop hug this time. <laughs> no I hug you! I hug you! <laughs> scoop hug only when you're not covered in blood. Scooped, scooped enough for one, t- one day. <laughs> one movie. So, um, so Dumbledore has given his last, uh, his last opening speech of his life. Up here. And he knows it is too. He does. Isn't that crazy? No. Oh, that is interesting. He knows. At this point, no. he knew, huh? He doesn't say anything that that spectacular. No, a spoiler. <laughs> so, it's like, I'll see you guys. Which is the Which is the book year? where the Sorting Hat sings the song, like warning all of them that you know this one six because he doesn't go to Hogwarts. And so seven. when when did this happen in the film? Here. Oh. It would have. Oh, happened I didn't know in the film it would have happened here, but it didn't. Right. I, yeah. I loved all the Sorting Hat songs, and I was so I upset when we only got three. Out of the seven books, six books, only we heard 
Three. There was three. Well, think about it from Joe's perspective. She I has know to... it's so hard to write oh, like that crap, book, but like, yeah, I thought you were talking about. The and movies. it gets to oh, be no. like a like you lose the impact if you have to do it every time. The weird thing, the only one well, weird the, thing you... I thought that the tradition we missed was that in five when there was nothing about Halloween, like Halloween was like a Harry Potter tradition, and then in this fifth book there was no mention. It Did just they mention? Blew by. Oh, in the fifth book. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Interesting. And then it's one of those things too, like the sorting hat would take all year to write that song. So I guess I don't blame Joe for not giving up a whole year of her life. Joe's to clever write a song. though. She doesn't need a year to write a poem. No, she she needs a day. Yeah. The most. Oh, you think it was just the? It wasn't a fact that she didn't want to write him. She it was a thing she didn't want to take away from the impact. Maybe yeah. It was... Yeah, it gets tired. See, I assumed it was just one of the things she didn't want to. She didn't want to have, take the time to write it. I bet you. Because they were really good. It wasn't something she just wrote off. I, hey, Warren, I would, but think about how stu- how repetitive it gets if you know that you're going to, at the beginning, you're going to go into the Great Hall. I mean, have a couple of different, you know. All right. Okay, so anyway, um, Dumbledore, what did he have to say during his opening speech? Much? Things Not much. about, you know, unity in the house. Yeah, everybody yeah. behave. So, uh, then he introduced up. Snape. Yeah. Oh, they introduced Slughorn, right? Yeah, Slughorn and Snape as a defense case of Dark Hearts. Everybody's like, holy crap, that's going to be awful. So, yeah. so they're going to classes here, and um, McGonagall is hilarious. I love this yeah. scene. I like seeing Hogwarts bustling. Like, yeah. rem- remembering, yeah. like, oh, it's not a castle. It is a school it's with a bunch of teenagers school. running around. Right. And, like, they're learning magic. But the, they're, it's, it, they're prominently teenagers before they're wizards. Right. And, and Harry and Ron are standing there like they're finally upperclassmen. They may not be seniors, but they're upperclassmen. And they're standing around laughing at all the little midgets that are running I around. No. And they get nabbed. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, I love McGonagall. So awesome. So, yeah, take Weasley to potions class with you. Whatever. Um, Harry is all like, oh, I can get the potions now because Snape's not teaching. And now I'm allowed in, so... So they go to class, and they see Slughorn, who's so excited to see Harry. He was, like, holding up everything, waiting for him to get in, wasn't he? I this love Slughorn the little, so little scuffle. I'm sorry, the little scuffle over the books. Oh, that was great. I love yeah. that. It's so... They fight over, they're like... Now, Such a boy thing to do. It is very much... <laughs> Thank God. that. Uh, what, what would have happened that year if Ron got that book? He wouldn't have been able to read it. You don't think he would have uh, used the spells, the Half-Blood Princess spells? He couldn't read the handwriting. Why? Uh, he would have figured it out. He would have tried it. If Ron got that book, he definitely would have tried it. But not I don't know. If, I think Ron would have, given Ron's character, I think he would have just been like, ugh, it's written on, and been fed up with the fact that it's another hand-me-down. You know what yeah, I mean? maybe. You know what I mean? Like, he's just so, like, he... I don't think he would have given it the time of day. Harry, you know, Harry actually entertained it. I think Ron would have been, would have, like, would have resented it. So, do, does Ron, like, crib off Harry's book in the book? Or do they, does he just go on using his regular... Ron the cheats book, off he, of them this entire career at Hogwarts. In the book, he That's tries. True, but- he tries, because Harry would um, kind of whisper it to him. And then he didn't want to, it was too conspicuous. So he would just let him read it, but he couldn't read it. So he just gave up on it because he couldn't just kind of, Harry couldn't right. be feeding him it the whole time. Right, right, right. So he probably did a little better than he would have otherwise. Oh yeah. All right. So they, so they talk about this love potion and the girls are all, girls are like, Oh, it's <laughs> <smells> delicious. <laughs> and I the like guys the steam they around. did. I like how the steam looked like a bubble. Steam looked like bubbles? Because the color was like pur like the steam was all pearly. Oh, that's right. Like it was colorful. Yeah. I like 
Probably what? Uh, I, I was going to probably jump up, so just wait. I'll wait for what you're going to say. No, 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 no. Go ahead. I can say, I, I just, my favorite thing about this scene knew is, what you're gonna say. is Hermione, what I was gonna say. Hermione just like freaking out and just yep. like, and her, hair her hair is getting big and she's hair just so is- frustrated that Harry, how can Harry be doing better than me? But that like the conflict in her face of like, yeah. I gotta be number one. And, but at the I same time, like, oh, this is my friend, but I'm better than him, but that it's my friend. Kind of, yeah, what a pissy little thing. The well, thing she has like- to be top of the class. It's well, just who Harry she has is. to be the savior of the world and saving everybody every year. So this is Hermione's thing. She's top of the class. And yeah. when that gets taken from you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, um, Harry does the best potion and he wins a tiny vial, not the whole cauldron shown in the classroom, but a tiny little cute little bottle. Of clear potion, of which should clear. have been golden. But <laughs> Draco would have chopped his hands off to get. At that moment. Oh, I know. Yeah, I'm just surprised Klepto Draco, being who he is, didn't try to steal us from Harry throughout the year. How's he going to really? How are you gonna get close to Harry Potter? Um, honestly, how about Accio Felix Felicis? I'm pretty sure that that wouldn't. Work. Every potion bottle does not have these anti-repelling or. But I Felix think, com- I think common liquid. rooms do. Yeah, I think the common rooms are be able to protect each other from what people if, stealing stuff. As he's walking stuff. out of this this classroom right here, when it's on his mind, to be like, "Accio potion." There's some sort of charm in the building that you can't accio somebody's possessions. This wouldn't that be happening all the time? I mean, accioing like them when they're on your person. You know, like yeah. I would, I would imagine that that's not an easy thing because otherwise people would just be stealing. Or at the same time, <laughs> Harry's not going to notice something fly out of his hand. He can just go accio it back. You know, it's kind of it's one of those like it cancels mm. each other out type of thing. Accio it back. So he wins the potion, and uh, he's like, don't use all of it at once. You can probably save some of it for your friends at the end when the battle happens. Um, oh, wait. Harry's like, I didn't hear you. I'm out of the door. Sorry. You must have missed it. Um, so what happens next, guys? After the potions? After the potions class. Well, it's not in this week's bit by bit. Oh, that's the end? Because i got a pinball death end. here. So. Yeah, it's the end of it. It's the end. We'll be talking about this more next week. On next week on Half Blood Bitties. Half Blood Bits. Drop by drop. Drop by drop. Day by day. <laughs> anyway, hey, it's the drums. Woo! Uh, do we answer people's questions in the drums now all the time? Is that how that works? It's going to yeah, be fun for fun now until we get bored of it. Until we get bored of it. Let's so sort right. people. So they start asking stupid. I'm going to sort this tripod. Double pop. Oh. Okay. Get it. Uh, the Great Hall, says Katie Laheen, is fo- is lighted by floating candles. Wouldn't the hot wax hurt the students? I think the fact that the the it's a what it is is enchanted wax. The hotter it gets, the lighter it gets, so the wax actually drips up. I mean, they're floating, don't you think? There's the wax drips up. Like right, they're <laughs> if they're floating, then there's certain other exceptions to laws of gravity are also. Happening. <laughs> <laughs> my eye, my eye. <laughs> I like I like this question here. <laughs> uh, Dean Dean O'Carroll asks: Was Slughorn head of Slytherin during Gage, or one of the ca- or was it one of the Caros? Did Hagrid become head of Gryffindor when McGonagall became oh, headmaster? Well, I always took Hagrid being in that meeting at the end of Book Six as a sign that he was head of Gryffindor. Uh uh-uh. uh What do you mean? Uh uh-uh. uh. I don't like him as head of Gryffindor. Not qualified. Why? Why? I think he stood in between, but he's. Um, I never liked that. 
I'm glad he wasn't. That's it's horrible. It's mean. Maybe the most underqualified head of house in the history of the school. Well, I think also probably they didn't they didn't bother uh, making a new one once the Caros were the head. You yeah, know, once Snape was the head, they don't yeah. care. It's just Slytherin. Yeah, and McGonagall took. You know, I would I would argue that once she wasn't headmaster mistress anymore in the seventh book for that brief time, whatever, that it would just. You know, she would reclaim that. I think maybe in the, in the interim, I think she had, uh, you know, um, Hagrid do that because, you know, no one was appointed yet. I think he can be trusted, you know, he's trusted enough to do it, but I don't think he's qualified to do it. You know what I mean? If that's the difference. What are you qualified to do? Literally. You troll the hall looking, looking I, for people who are out of bed. Look at, look at, compare McGonagall to Hagrid. In terms of Gryffindor, they're pretty close. In terms of intelligence, that's different. That's, that's what I mean. Like you can in character, I don't doubt him at all. You know what I mean? Not well, at all. But at the same time, time, but the same you're time, like, like if, you're if, like a latte drinking elitist, Frankie. Oh, I probably oh. am. But at the same time, I'm going to trust my kids with someone who knows a little bit more magic. Level. No, like I'm going to trust my kids with someone who can do a little better and have a little more magic. It's true. I know I Hagrid. Hagrid's cool because he's all gianty. But at the same time, he'll be all like, it's like and kill some kids. Like, I, I, I sort of agree with you, but I wouldn't be too bothered if he was out of Gryffindor house. To me, what, what I think I didn't like about like? it is because it would be like, oh, it just it seems so convenient and like cheesy and like, yeah, Hagrid's kind of Gryffindor. I'm like, come on. Like, do we know any other teachers who are Gryffindor teachers? Uh, well, we don't know because we we tried to sort them, but everyone I needed to get over I think the whole Vector's sort of thing. Dirty Burbage. Maybe, yes, she'd be, she'd for sure be a Gryffindor teacher. Or Hufflepuff. Or Hufflepuff. She'd be Gryffindor or Hufflepuff. Or Hufflepuff. But no, that's, that's really, really, really brave. Teaching about, about the quality, the quality of the muggles, writing letters to the newspaper in this regime. That's enormously brave. Brave or loyal. Or loyal. But loyalty? She's what? not a muggle. What's the loyalty? To, to, to Dumbledore. To the curriculum. Uh, okay. I would, I would lean more towards... Gryffindor, but I wouldn't be shocked if she was a Hufflepuff. I think the message is Hufflepuff, but the the message is Hufflepuff, but the way of communicating is Gryffindor. In book seven, why why does Harry agree with Mrs. Weasley for Ginny to stay in the room of requirement and not fight in the Battle of Hogwarts? I think her real question is, is Harry a sexist? I think that's the real question underneath that. Is Harry a sexist? Yes. He, agree- he agrees with. He with just wanted like, Jenny to be okay. Right. He selfishly wanted her to yeah. not get hurt. Let's let's compare Harry like asking her to stay, wa- really wanting her to stay, but not doing anything to force her to stay. To somebody, oh, I don't know, a vampire of an elder age uh, taking out a spark plug to somebody's car when she indicates that she's going to do that which he doesn't want her to do. Let's compare the two. And let's see who's the better guy. Sometimes the guy just knows better in the situation. You need to not ever say that. <laughs> Come on. You need to Girls abandon that line sometimes. Of and you know, sometimes now the spark Stop. plug has to be unplugged. Stop. It's it's a vice versa situation, and in this situation, Harry is more equipped to make the decision. No, Harry's not making any decision. If it came down to it. Oh, he would not. No, we see. We don't. We don't know. We don't know. We don't. He wasn't asked to make the decision. How is if it really came down to it being his choice, I I don't think he would have stopped. You know, if he was the only thing standing in between her and doing that, if it wasn't that she was underage and everything else, I don't think he would have tried to subdue her. But he really wanted her to stay in that room. Well, I mean, I, all I mean is like his decision would be like, I don't want you out there. Not like I'm going to tie you up. 
you know, like, it'd be like, I don't oh, want you I out see. there, you know. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, okay. the equivalent would be like him like stealing her wand so that she couldn't do anything anyway, and then she would have to be. That like, that's not retardedly dangerous because if right. something happens, find herself. Yeah. But yeah, he just really wanted her to be safe. Yeah, these were boils down to. Well, do we have any more this week, or should we talk about something else? Uh, what else we have to talk about? I don't even know. We can talk about our <laughs> podcasting friends getting engaged. Oh, Jay and Jack. Jay, yes, they the, did. Jay and Jack. Well, Jay so. and um, Colleen did. <laughs> right. Jay, Jay Jack. Jack, you know, yeah, so. Jack's, that was cool. So congratulations, Jay. Jack. Jack's big dad. <laughs> so I don't think that's what I said. I'm like, whoa, wait a second. Where do they live? <laughs> State Definitely not dark. Oh, um, sadness. No, no, no. Jay and Colleen. So that, congratulations. Um, but who else? What else from one of our podcasting friends is doing? What? Not me. What am I doing? John is going to be playing Percy in the upcoming Battle for Hogwarts oh, in um, in in an Infinitus. How uh, did this even happen? I didn't even. Uh, the the lovely person Leah who made um the the. Lena, why did I say Leah? My brain is because yeah. I'm thinking of her. Yeah, um, yes, John. I'm thinking of Princess Leia. Help me, John. No, you're my Leah. only hope. My brain is just a, a pile of mush. Lena Gabrielle, who made the very beautiful musical based on the the Beatles, the Bard stories, um, is writing a musical about the last 200 pages of Deathly Hollows, and it's being performed for the first time at uh, Infinitus this summer. And John has got two roles, as I know. Uh oh. are Percy. Percy, and then uh, the lead character of the show, Dollish. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, you're you're doing Dollish as well? Yes. I didn't know that. Does he sing? No. I, I think he has like his ten minute aria. No, he just just for a moment, and <laughs> and I'm I'm making a, a light appearance. Granny, oh, I want to play. And I've read the script. You've read the script. See, there's a part. Too. Shush. Oh, I haven't, I haven't started reading it yet. But what, I, what do I do? What happens to me? I'm telling you, you guys gotta watch the show. I mean, I... this probably is just a trap because I mean, I haven't really even told her what Dolph Mala- would say. Melissa, ask her if I can be Nagini. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll make a puppet. Okay. <laughs> you ask her. And, well, you know her better. You know her. Andrew Slack, yeah, Andrew Slack is playing Dumbledore. Brilliant. Great, <laughs> <laughs> because awesome. he does that voice. Harry, he does it so good. Oh, and uh, then it's, you know, I mean, I it's a lot of a lot of people I haven't met before this. That's um, awesome. Means that they're they're fans that obviously are very talented, and um, it's will be cool that they'll have an opportunity to uh, to uh, you know shine. And there's some some other people we know are in it too. Um, do, isn't uh, Christina Horner playing? Oh Marissa? yes. Narcissa Malfoy. Oh, well, that's perfect. Lauren, yeah. Lauren Fairweather. He's playing what? Pansy, um, I think. Pansy Parkinson. Nice. Uh-huh. Who else? Uh, that we know. Um, um, I think that's it of who we know. Gwyn is somebody. Is, it, is he? Yeah, he's, um, I think, James Potter in uh, The Princess Tale, I think. Cool. Probably some other chorus bit as well. Cool. Um, cool. It's a pretty large cast. Who's playing Marnie? I just, um... Do I have to do an English accent? Because I didn't tell them that I don't know how to do that. Do you have lines? Yeah, I have lines. Do I have lines as dollars? I don't know. I don't think so. Do I just have to appear like 
BA and just a BA. I think you get beat up pretty bad. Come on, I'm gonna I'm gonna insist that he wins the okay. fight at the beginning and then he turns his back and then you and then you hit me and then I fall. Well, somebody's gonna have to coach me on this British accent because I'm bad at it. <laughs> we can help. So yeah, it's the lines like from the book. Yeah, just do it like a really old lady and it'll cover it up. Well, somebody's gonna have to help. Because <laughs> I suck. <laughs> so, anyway, we'll. It'll we'll, be all we'll, kinds of fun. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll work on it before the end of July. And I'm sure John will have an opportunity to practice. Oh, sure. I'll probably do like live shows practicing. That won't be embarrassing. It's all being rehearsed on, together online, isn't it? It's being, yeah, probably with Skype. Really cool. As a cast member, can I like sit in and watch? Um, and if you're not required to be in the scene, then you probably Josh, can't. no, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna gonna to tie up the bandwidth and degrade everybody's quality. Yeah. That I am able to watch at least one. going to be interesting. Percy Weasley, I'm actually going to call up Chris and get some tips. See yeah, ya. you can. You know what we should. I should be like, tell me how he would deliver this line. Oh, crap, John. What? He's going to be at Infinitus. Oh, boogers. That's so embarrassing. <laughs> Who's going to be Infinitus? Chris Rankin. <laughs> That's too funny. you got to play Percy in front of Percy. Oh, my if God. If he goes to the show, he'll go. He's going to go to the show. Get out of here. You're going to wear a red wig? You should. Oh, my God. I think yeah. I should just have him come out instead. He'll be like, what? That's really good makeup. <laughs> it's extremely good makeup. Oh my god, I can't. How many actors do you think will end up at getting to LinkedIn? All of them. We're going to get the first Dumbledore, too. Rankin That's a trick. And uh, Ivana, hopefully. And maybe Matt Bliss. And um, Tom Felton's guitar. Which is in my house right now. Really? Nice. Let's see it. Let's see it. Whip it up. Whip it up. Hurry! Does it smell like Tom Felton, I wonder? I bet it does. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> smells like Draco. Draco's touched Dan, and so that guitar's touched Dan. He's touched J.K. Rowling, and she's touched Emerson, so that guitar's touched Emerson. And Emerson has touched you. Oh, <laughs> oh. Well, And I touch you! Oh, no! Better? Oh, uh, we're just having fun with the... Uh, Oh, I, I can't wait to beat you up in this. Hilarious. Let's see, he plays the song with Tom Felton's guitar. Here it is. How do we it know that he's actually his and not just one he went and bought at Kmart? Because the next day he was talking to him on Twitter about having to buy a new guitar. Oh. Apparently on Twitter he was all like, yeah, I guess I'm giving up my guitar for helping Haiti or whatever. He was all yeah. like, why did he sound so like, oh, whatever? Well, it's, well, it's, it's not easy to give up. It's like giving up a sketchbook. I don't think I'd ever do that. Hold on on the back. What does it say? It's a very little guitar. It says, thank you so much. <laughs> it's a very little guitar. It is. It's very little. It's like a little travel, travel size. Guitar. Come on. Um, oh, thank you so it. much for helping such a great cause. Lots of love, muggle. XXX, 126, 2010. P.S. Treat her well. She's been good to me. Aww, that's cute. See, it's like it's like giving something away. I could never give a sketchbook away. I can't play guitar. It saved my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, be careful. All right, putting this away before I do damage. All right, probably give it away time. from Muchka. Well, he brought, he he sent it in a, in a case, in a nice box. Nice. He did it. He, you know, he did it good. Excellent. Yep. 
really good, and he raised a lot of money with this. And we're gonna give totals on that just as soon as we can. That's good, yeah. I'm so curious to know, like, what items raised what. Oh, the J.K. Rowling books raised <laughs> a lot of money. Good, fantastic. We I'm gonna get thousand of that. Wasn't I'm the only one who uh, really kind of you know, bid for that? So I've kind of guaranteed them, right? Uh, uh yeah. You and your thirty thousand dollar donation. Yeah, I we mean, should I have, have like proposed kind of to Warner Brothers to see if they would like match whatever we raised. We should have. That would have been nice. That would have been awesome. It probably would have been like whatever that cost us about as much as like blowing up one thing on the set. Yeah, pretty much. One take. Um, I also oh, have well. books. Okay, I All think right, I well, hear the drums again. I think I do hear the drums again. Oh, I think okay. it's time to time skip to keep count. twiddling those dials, guys. Yeah. The next password's gonna be... 80. Keep each other safe. Keep safe. Good night! Good Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to bed. Great, Scott. No wonder. Look at the time. We've been here nearly four hours. Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun. <laughs> Bye.